So this story is wild. This is maybe one of the craziest cold cases I've heard of in Gainesville, maybe anywhere else. It's just nuts. I remember when you and I were working on Tiffany Sessions' case, and I remember saying to you, someday we should talk about the Judy McFarlane case. I first started working cold cases with this detective when I was a TV news reporter in Gainesville, Florida. We're 10 years in now and agree that of all the cases we've covered together, this is the biggest puzzle of them all. That, in my opinion, is the greatest mystery of any of the 40 cold case homicides that I've read here. It just has so many twists and turns and so many crazy angles. Judy McFarland disappeared in 1992, only to be found five months later by a prison lawn crew. The body of the mother of four had been left in a gated and locked retention pond, and nobody could explain how she got there. Two things could have happened to her. She could have committed suicide, or somebody murdered her and put her in that hole. My opinion initially, she killed herself. But then the question lingers, how did she get in that pond? The how of this case seems impossible to nail down, but the why and the who are even more complicated. There are plenty of suspects in that case, as you know, and a couple of them have motive and opportunity. First on the list, a Bible study teacher who may not have been honest about the last time he saw Judy alive. Overall, where is he on your list? I think fairly high. I didn't trust him, and I don't know that I believe him. Then there's a family friend who was the only one to be in two house fires connected to Judy's family. One right before her death, the other right after. He's the one who was so often in the wrong place at the wrong time, and he just happened to be in two full house fires. I wonder what the statistical probability is of being in two houses that burned to the ground within six months of one another. Yeah. Yes. We have the sister's boyfriend, who Judy helped send to jail for domestic violence. Bobby Norris, in my opinion, is the strongest suspect in this case. Bobby Norris got out of jail on January the 13th, 1992, and Judy McFarland was reported missing on January the 16th, 1992. And you always have to look at the husband, right? But this time, the husband brings additional suspects with him. The drug cartel. Yeah, how about that? How about that? Judy's husband being a pilot for the Mexican drug cartel. <laughs> wow. The detective is as bewildered by this case as I am, but even more so by the lack of investigation into such an obvious murder. There's no report of a death investigation into the possible murder of Judy McFarlane, and her name was never added to the cold case list at the Alachua County Sheriff's Office, which means no one touched her case for more than two decades. They didn't care. She wasn't important. Nancy, do you know about how many times you contacted the Sheriff's Office or visited there asking for them to take a look at Judy's case? I'd say probably eight times. I would call, I would get call bags. I spent hours and hours and days just trying to get them to look at her case. No one would speak to me about her. How could this basically have gone away from the time we found her body? I fear 
the same thing you fear. Since no one was really banging on our door demanding justice for Judy, we didn't choose to do that ourselves. So we've agreed to try and do right by Judy together. But for the first time, one of our cold cases has a time limit. And that's because the detective is retiring. And this will be the last case he reopens at the Alachua County Sheriff's Office. Do you think her case can be solved? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm Haley Holloway, and that's all on this season of Shallow Graves. Shallow Graves.